Sports Machine with Slim. I'm going to tell you right now, I don't know what you're going to get today here, people. I'm going to be all over the place. Starting with, what did I just hear on the radio? Uh, maybe 60 seconds ago, were you people turned in a little bit early? Tuned in a little bit early? I heard something on this Bloomberg update. Did they say? Did, I had to be hearing this incorrectly. Did I just hear? There's some correlation between picking your nose and Alzheimer's. Like this, this is what I just heard on the radio. It was 90 seconds ago. I'm going to have to Google this afterwards. And I don't know if it's like a, a pro correlation or a bad. I just kind of heard it from the uh, outside here a little bit in the in the back of uh, my mind as I was looking at somebody else. I don't know if like picking your nose causes Alzheimer's or prevents it. So I am going to Google that. I'm making a note here in my notebook. I will be Googling that and following up so you people can have the appropriate level of research because this is a serious topic, Alzheimer's, no doubt about it. I mean, I'm going to get it. History of it's in my family, and I can already tell my brain I'm losing it. For those of you that don't know, 50 years old this past Monday. So it's uh, two days, 50 years in two days is what I'm working on right now. And uh, I'm forgetting things all the time. I cannot do two things at once anymore. It's amazing. It's sometime within the last two to three years, and it increases every day, it seems. Uh, like, I'm thinking of one thing. I'm in the middle of one action, and something else comes to my mind. I focus on that. I completely forget about what the first thing was. And this is happening to me more and more and more. I've, I've kind of the point where it's like my kids are talking to me while I'm trying to do this. I, 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 I can't talk to you. And I'm probably a little rude to them sometimes, but it's like I can't do it. If I, if I pay attention to you, I'm going to forget the uh, thing that's on the oven and it's going to be burned in three minutes and I'm going to be like, what happened here? I have to stay focused. So I'm learning my strengths and weaknesses as I go on. And if I can learn a thing or two about trying to prevent Alzheimer's, that would be handy and helpful. So uh, I'm going to do some research here. I told you yesterday on the show, the Bruins probably were not going to be excited and amped up for last night's game. I kind of expected them to lose, see how tough they might be if... Uh, you know, they can pull something like that out. They got down 2 nothing in the first. I watched pieces of it here and there, but honestly, I didn't do enough um, research into last night's game. I only watched a little bit. Bruins end up losing 4-1 to to Calgary in what I expected. It's the first game back off the All-Star break. The Bruins are up big in the Eastern Conference. We got a big lead, still five points over the next closest team. So if we're worried about home field advantage, home ice advantage for the playoffs, it's really not a concern. The Bruins are starting a seven-game homestand. That's what last night was. And it just so happens, tomorrow night, we play the very best team from the West. Vancouver Canucks. Vancouver has 73 points on the season so far through 50 games. The Bruins got 71 points through 50 games. These are the two best scoring, uh, at least for points so far, two best teams in the league, one from the East, one from the West. Let's have at it and see what happens tomorrow night. So tomorrow on the show, just so everybody knows, um, our former NHL professional who likes to uh, talk on the show here, Thomas Polk, our local licensed health insurance and Medicare broker, he will be in studio tomorrow, and we will spend a lot of time talking about the Bruins and that game tomorrow night. I just think it's going to be a big one on the Bruins' radar, especially after a slow start off the all-Star game break here last night, 4-1. to We're going to want to come back and, and respond tomorrow night, so we'll see a big effort. I will say, uh, in the NHL news, I'm trying to kind of include and inform you people with some new pieces of information regarding the NHL each day. 
Edmonton Oilers had their 16-game winning streak snapped last night by who? Las Vegas Knights. And I told you, Las Vegas over the last couple of weeks, and it's really not an I told you so type of moment. I think anybody that knows anything about hockey knows Las Vegas is going to be heard from this year. They're your defending Stanley Cup champions. Last year, if you watched in the playoffs, they were huge. They were fast. They were by far the best team in the NHL. Well, they're celebrating in the offseason. They're probably celebrating a little bit in the beginning of this uh, regular season. But still, they're in top three teams out west for points scored. And last night, first game back off of the All-Star break. They're at home. Las Vegas Knights playing the Oilers. And uh, Edmonton was trying to tie the all-time record, I guess. Most record all-time wins in a row, 17. They had 16 going into the break. They tried to tie that record last night. Las Vegas said, no, 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 no. So that's the motivation. And we talk about this with the Celtics. I don't want to jump to the Celtics so quick, but certain games get circled. When you're an athlete, when you play an 80-game regular season, you're not coming out all the time jacked up. Every night out of 80, it's just not possible from an individual standpoint and from a team standpoint. Sometimes everybody's just going to be a little bit off for whatever reason. Maybe it was travel the night before. Maybe it was what they ate. Who the heck knows what it might be? Maybe it was that they partied the night before. But the nights that you come to play with full energy, you got to see the right results. And I see this time and time again with the Bruins. When they come, when it's time to play, the Bruins are there. And they're coming out on top. The Celtics are kind of hit and miss on this. I mean, I I don't know. If I was going at Milwaukee, I might want to come and try to get jacked up for that game. Now, the Celtics go at Miami, I think, a short few days later. This is rewinding a couple weeks ago. And then they they beat Miami, and thank goodness for that. Because Miami has been a thorn in our side for three, four years. So that was a game they were super jacked up with. They were jacked up for Denver at home. Well, we lost a close game to Denver. Nothing really to be ashamed of there. I just would like to see us come out on top. But then the other night, the Lakers beat us. But before that, more importantly, the Clippers. You knew the Clippers were coming in all jacked up. And they're one of the best teams out in the West. Kawhi Leonard, you want to beat this guy. He's a former champion. How are you not getting excited to play against this guy? Well, Celtics got trounced in that game. So... Let's see if they can continue to beat up on the bad teams tonight, the Celtics, as they play the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, It's just, are you excited to watch that game on TV like anybody out there in Radio Land? I mean, are are you excited to tune in to watch the Boston Celtics tonight play the Atlanta Hawks? It's kind of a waste of time. I mean, I'll do it. I'll do it so I can report in a little bit of news tomorrow. But I'd so much rather watch the Bruins take on Vancouver tomorrow night I had my choice, then watch the Celtics play Atlanta tonight. And then the Celtics play, who was it, Washington on Friday? It's just a time. I don't care if the Celtics lose tonight. I mean, if I was on the team, I'd be like, what? I really don't even want to play. <laughs> I'm not excited to go out there. You know what I would be excited to be able to go out there for is tonight's Hampstead Men's Masters Basketball League. It's winner win or die, winner go home. That's it tonight. My brother Dave's team is in a series. They're both tied one-to-one. And tonight is the deciding game for who will go to the finals of the Hampstead Masters Basketball League. 
We've done some profiles and discussions on the league here over the past couple weeks. It's exciting. When you turn 40 and you still want to play hoops and it's a competitive, well-run league with, with good guys, you want, to, you want to keep playing. You want to win. And you want to be able to at the end say, hey, I'm a champion. I'm wearing one of my uh, championship sweatshirts here right now. Pullovers, is that what they call them? I got three of these. Over 40, Hampstead basketball, three championships. Now I think I'm eligible for the over 50 league, which does start up in another month or two, but I don't think I'll be playing in that either, unfortunately. Yeah, that's what you get. Just so people know, I told you about the birthday on Monday. One more side piece that you can laugh at me about here is last week I started feeling some serious pain in my rib, my left rib area. And I don't know what the heck is going on, but it was getting worse as the week went on. So I decided, okay, I'm going to call the doctor. I go in, tell him, hey, man, I'm having pain. I've been having it for six months, but it really got worse over the last few days. It's going the wrong direction. I don't know what it is. I'm afraid. I might, you know, Maybe I got some kind of cancer or something like this. I, plus, I'm 50. I probably ought to have the uh, you know, PSA test to measure my blood to see prostate cancer and all that stuff since it runs in my family. But he says, okay, well, we're going to get x-rays and we'll take a blood test. So I get that done on Saturday, and I got the x-rays. I got to wait to get the results. Well, I called in yesterday, and they say, my rib is still hurting. I don't know what the issue is. They say, well, no, your blood work came back fine, and your internal organs x-ray came back fine. So I guess I'm the picture of health. Fantastic. Love to hear that. But your x-ray of your ribs did show you have a fracture, small fracture of the of lower left rib. I think they said the 10th rib. Uh, it'll probably take a couple weeks, but it'll heal on its own. That was the voicemail I got. I said, okay, okay, cool. I hang up. Well, I'm thinking, what the heck happened? I don't remember. How did I break my rib? Well, last Tuesday, a third grader, as I was going in for a basket at basketball practice and a fast break, I rose up for a layup, put the ball in. A third grader ran into me. We crumbled to the floor, and I was, I was worried I was going to land on the kid, so I was more concerned about the kid. I didn't even feel nothing. The third grader broke my rib. Embarrassing. Embarrassing. But I'm just going to say it to you people, and there's more that I'm going to say here coming up on The Sports Machine with Slim on WKXL Radio, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM in Concord, 101.9 FM in Manchester. This is nhtalkradio.com. dive into the talk of the week here. San Francisco, Kansas City on Sunday, the Super Bowl. I've bounced back and forth in my own mind a little bit. I think maybe I'll just go through this segment here with a ramble on the betting so that you can listen to me and decide which side of my brain you think might be correct. Because ultimately... I think you can make a case for taking Kansas City on the money line. You can make a case for Kansas City with the points. Same thing on the other side here with San Francisco. I will say, San Francisco, I guess, what they're playing, I don't even remember where the field is, but their practice facility where they're they're spending their time practicing this week, the field conditions, I guess, are all soft and sloppy or something like that. So the footing's not good. Well, that's not good for your team. 
You know this? I mean, that came out on ESPN. I saw yesterday that the players aren't comfortable with the field that they're practicing on. Well, how can that be a good frame of mind to be in all week? It's almost like a built-in excuse. And I would think that from a coaching standpoint, it's like, hey, this is just another hill. We're going to get over and above. But, I mean, when you're out there practicing and your footwork isn't what you want it to be or the the footing isn't, that's going to be in your mind. Does that slow you down? Does that matter at all? Come Sunday, Patrick Mahomes, his father was arrested under suspicion of drunk driving just last week, and it's the third time it's happened, I guess, in his life. And and I guess out there, wherever it was, uh, when it happens your third time, the penalties get stepped up. And he, he's, I think, what I saw, the charge faces up to 10 years in prison. I mean, if you're Patrick Mahomes, you're probably thinking about your dad and worried about the situation he's in and what could happen to him. I'm sure that's taken up a little bit of mental space as you're trying to prepare to win your third Super Bowl. I talked about this yesterday, or was it the day before, with Kansas City. I can't believe when I looked back at their record through the years. I thought, I think I saw it was in 2012, the team record was 2-14. and 14. The very next year, they went 11-5 and five in the regular season. And since then, their regular season records have been awesome. This is the Patriots dynasty, like, like uh, looking at, at, at us in the mirror. It's just been for half of the amount of time. Uh, some people might say that makes Tom Brady twice the man that Patrick Mahomes is. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not prepared to say that right now because Patrick Mahomes is still growing and he's still got time. But wow, when you look at the regular season record of Kansas City, so impressive. And I, I might say, just in preparation for this weekend here, Steve Spagnola, who I don't know if people know that name, but I mean, this guy's kind of a champion. How many Super Bowls has he been a part of as a defensive coordinator? The, the New York Giants, when they beat the, the Patriots, I know in at least one of them, Spagnola was the, the defensive coordinator. I think it was in both of them. Spagnola was the defensive coordinator for Kansas City here last year, but I think he was when Kansas City won their first title, too. Is that guy going to try to get his fifth Super Bowl? And was he anywhere else in between that might have won one as well? I think I need to Google that. Picking those Alzheimer's and, <laughs> and Steve Spagnola. I, I took a break here in the last uh, commercial break. I didn't Google here the, the picking the nose and the Alzheimer's cor- correlation. I need to do that and follow up with you people. This is serious. Like if this is news, breaking news that, uh, you know, maybe we we need to start doing this or immediately stop, whatever it is, whatever your situation might be. We need to know which way to go on this. Um, college basketball, as I jumped there, but no, I'm staying football. Can't, I can't just break off and go to college basketball and talk about how Clemson beat UNC last night. North Carolina, who I know my brother Dave likes an awful lot, and I do too. North Carolina, if you remember them, the Tar Heels from a couple years ago, they went to the final game. Hubert Davis took over as coach. I think it was even midseason, but first year, he took them all the way to the finals. Caleb Love looked like the reincarnation of uh, Michael Jordan back then. Then last year, Carolina went from being in the final game in college basketball to last year not even making the tournament. Caleb Love transfers away because he got blamed for really not being good. Now he's over in Arizona not being good, but all of a sudden, Carolina back, boom, top three team in the country. Goes down 
last night. I told you yesterday, I'm going to tell people I think every single day, Tennessee Volunteers are the team you want to play. Tennessee Volunteers. Rick Barnes, I don't love him as a coach, but man, he's got a lot of talent over there this year, a lot, and I think he's got some leadership in the upperclassmen side of things that will, when times get tough, I think I see it in these guys' eyes. Tennessee's the team, 16-1 to to win the national title. Just putting it out there. Patrick Mahomes, plus two this weekend. The money line I saw has crept down. Now they're plus 102. They were plus 105 yesterday. It was plus 110 the other day just for Kansas City if you want to pick them just to win the game straight up. Odds are a little bit better than 50-50. If you bet 100, you actually win 102 on Kansas City. If you want the two points, you've got to pay minus you know, 110 to win 100. Patrick Mahomes is an underdog. It just, I mean, let's just put right now, say tomorrow, right, Kansas City, Patrick Mahomes got hurt, and Tom Brady is going to start the game for Kansas City. They sign him some free agent contract, and Tom Brady's the starting quarterback on Sunday for Kansas City. If Tom Brady's an underdog, do you think he's going to win? Like, automatically? I do. If people think Tom Brady's going to lose, that's when... I definitely, definitely want to pick him. Everybody else is going against him? Yeah, Tom Brady will use that as motivation. Well, why wouldn't we say the same thing about Patrick Mahomes? He's, he's a winner. He's winning. All, I mean, this year what he's done, come on, in the regular season, Kansas City did not look good. Dude, their receivers were dropping any pass Mahomes threw to him right in the hands for first downs. It didn't matter, none of it. They couldn't catch the ball. Their team wasn't good. The defense was always solid. But, I mean, you rewind three weeks. People did not think Kansas City was going to the Super Bowl. It was Buffalo, and it was definitely Baltimore. Well, Kansas City beat both those teams, and they beat up on Miami. So you look at those, the quality of teams that they beat up. Miami was in a free fall. And their warm weather team that was went up to a frigid Kansas City location and just wilted. But that, I mean, that stood to reason. Miami was on the way out anyway. Then they played Buffalo. Go to Buffalo on the road, which is a great win. I shouldn't detract from it. But Buffalo's defense was kind of beaten up. Like, they had a lot of injuries. And they just looked bad. Not for nothing. And then I think Buffalo's receivers dropped a couple passes in that game too. But still... You got to give Mahomes credit. He went on the road and did it. Then, underdog going and playing Baltimore. And I can sit here and go, Lamar Jackson just isn't that good if you force him to sit in the pocket. And he's not. I mean, I've watched the guy for five to six years. There's a reason why his playoff record is two and four. I mean, Lamar Jackson, he's not a good quarterback when he has to sit in the pocket. He's just not. And so, do I give Kansas City credit? For that win, I mean, I got to, but it's not like they're playing a good quarterback, dude. And Baltimore's defense, okay, they're supposed to be great, but their schedule, I don't know. But they did beat up on San Francisco. And then you turn the other side of the dial here. San Francisco, best team in the, in the West. Everybody liked them to go to the Super Bowl here. And when the playoffs started, if we were doing the same thing, rewind in three weeks, they get the first round by. Fantastic. They should come out rested but they also kind of rested their guys in week 17. 
So they had the three weeks off in between. So they got a little sluggish start. They come out, they beat Green Bay. Remember, that was a Green Bay team that was up 21 to nothing at Dallas the week before. Green Bay went on the road, smashed Dallas. Then Green Bay goes and plays San Fran in a game where Green Bay was kind of better. But Debo Samuel did get hurt early in the game. So San Fran toughs it out. They got some luck. They make it happen. They move forward. They play Detroit. They're hosting Detroit, an indoors team who I don't think is known for their prowess on outdoor stadium fields. Well, Detroit came into that game and looked like much the better team than San Fran. I mean, let's rewind all the luck that San Francisco had to win that game. Really, Detroit should be playing this Sunday. It really should be. But, I mean, Detroit also, would they score seven points in the second half? So when Can- when San Francisco's back was against the wall at halftime, when they were down 17 to Detroit, they made some magic happen. And that is a bonding experience, man. That makes you feel confident. Now, it's 50-50. The sports machine was slim on WKXL Radio. 1450 AM, 103.9 FM in Concord, 101.9 FM in Manchester, nhtalkradio.com. I got another personal story for you when I come back here. With a Super Bowl pick, feel free. 603-224-1450 is the number. If you have an opinion on uh, which side I should be looking to play, I'd love to hear it. 603-224-1450. I am not betting on sports for the year 2024. That was my New Year's resolution. But I do have substantial plays on the 49ers to win the whole thing. And I have it in parlays with the Celtics to win it all and the Bruins to go to the Eastern Conference Finals for some sizable amounts. So I'm wondering, should I play Kansas City plus two? Should I bump it up Kansas City plus three, which is like minus 160, which I don't really want to do. Heck, I I, I think San Francisco is going to win the game. So do I even need to offset at all? I think for the amount of money I have on the line, I need to. But would love to hear people's comments, 603-224-1450. I will say, um, during the break, I Googled um, picking nose Alzheimer's. So just to inform everybody out there, first search result I get is from, uh, from the Indianapolis Star. If you're going to pick your nose, scientists recommend washing your hands first. Here's why. Neuroinflammation may play a role in the development of Alzheimer's disease, a new study shows. How is neuroinflammation caused? The simplest way is by picking your nose. That's right. The new study shows that picking your nose could potentially increase your risk of developing Alzheimer's disease. Isn't that something? What do they think of next? What do they think of next? Who's who's writing this stuff? Like, come on, come on. Whoever the Katie Wiseman, I ought to try and get Katie Wiseman on the show for an interview. Maybe I ought to write this down here. I'm gonna I'm gonna reach out to Katie Wiseman 
as a note and see if she'd be willing to come on the sports machine with Slim and share her insight and, and knowledge about this topic. That would be a pretty good interview, don't you people think? I think in Katie Wiseman from the Indianapolis Star. Uh, so, Miss Wiseman, uh, please inform my listeners as to how you conducted the research for this, this statement. I really would like to, uh, to hear this interview. Katie Wiseman. I mean, I don't know. Some level, you have to do do subjects and talks you're going to have pride on. <laughs> that, that one is a little bit disturbing. Steve Bagnola, Steve Bagnola is uh, this. He's going for his fourth Super Bowl. People, he won with the Patriots or with the Giants when they beat the Patriots when we were undefeated going into the Super Bowl. Steve Bagnola was the defensive coordinator for the Giants that shut us down. He destroyed our perfect season that year. That was his first Super Bowl win as a defensive coordinator. Now he's won two with Kansas City so far, so he's up to three. He's going for four on Sunday, which apparently would set a record for defensive coordinators. Um, Super Bowl victories, four would be the record. Well, records are tough to get, so maybe that's a reason why I'd go against him. I'm not sure. I, I keep bouncing back and forth on this, people. San Francisco, they lost to Kansas City. This is a rematch of the Super Bowl from, what was it, three or four years ago when Kansas City won. But San Fran had the lead with like nine minutes left. Jimmy Garoppolo totally disappeared in the the end of that game. So Kansas City got their Super Bowl that, 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 I mean, put them on the map, really. That was their first championship, wasn't it? I don't think they had one years ago. Maybe they had, actually. Kansas City has some history from way back when. But whatever. It had been a long time. They get that first Super Bowl win, and now you give a guy like Patrick Mahomes that level of confidence, he becomes a different player. This is what I keep talking about with the Celtics. Like, if the Celtics win one, if we can find a way to win the title this year, man, you, you're not going to believe what you see from Jason Tatum moving forward. You really won't because the, the switch that's going to flick in that guy's mind, it's going to need to flick for him to actually win the title the first time. Like something's going to have to click inside of him where he just gets that level of angry. He's going to have to get mad. He's obviously a nice guy. I don't know if he has it in him to go next level, to win things. I really don't. The times I've seen him be in the position to try and win things, he's, he's faltered. I mean, think back to when they made the Eastern Conference Finals against Cleveland that first time way back when, when Tatum was like 20. It was game seven. The Celtics had not lost a home game the entire playoffs. They hadn't lost at home the entire playoffs. And then game seven against LeBron James in Cleveland, chance to go to the finals, we scored like 83 points. It might have been 79. Tatum disappeared. A couple of years ago, we go to the finals against Golden State. We're up two games to one. We're hosting game four. If you go up three games to one in the NBA Finals, nine times out of ten, you're winning that series. I mean, unless Draymond Green gets suspended (laughs) and Golden State loses. But if you're up three to one, you're winning a title. Fourth quarter, Steph Curry just destroyed us. Tatum had no answer. He just kind of shriveled. And he did for the rest of that series, too. So is he going to be ready to be the guy? When it comes time here to win it all for us this season, I don't know. If he can flip the switch, yes, and then every year after that, 
it, we're going to be different. He's going to be different because he'll know what it takes to win and to ask for himself. Well, Patrick Mahomes knows what it takes to win. How can anybody bet against the guy? How can you bet against the guy? He went on the road to Buffalo as an underdog, gets the win. Goes on the road as an underdog to Baltimore, gets the win. Baltimore didn't score a point in the second half. Baltimore is not good, people. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're hosting the AFC Championship game, and you can't score a point at home in the second half? Your quarterback stinks. I mean, I try to be nice up here and lift people up. Lamar Jackson, I mean, come on, dude. You're getting paid $270 million over five years? You can't score a point in the second half? I don't care how good Kansas City's defense might be. That's futility by Baltimore. San Francisco beat Detroit. Detroit hasn't won anything in forever. But just take a step back and look at all four teams in the finals. Baltimore, KC, Detroit, San Fran. You tell me. Really, which team looked like the best team of that weekend? It's Detroit. Detroit had the offensive side of the ball cooking. Jameer Gibbs, Laporta, Jared Goff looked looked decent. I mean, he looked good. He threw passes that, that were into guys' hands that were dropped. Like, he was money, dude. Then go on the defensive side of things. Aiden Hutchinson. He was all over the place. That guy was a stud. Detroit was Awesome. San Fran beat them. And I know there was a big fumble. Jameer Gibbs is that fumble, and they would drop passes. I just mentioned it. Detroit committed a lot of mental errors, not to mention the defensive back with the ball going off his helmet and landing right in Brandon Ayuk's hands. Like, total luck. But it doesn't matter. San Fran won the game, and in the second half, like, their offense was on track, baby. That mentality... I mean, just look at this th- these stories. You could say, oh, San Fran's lucky to beat here. Be here. They, they, but they beat the best-looking team. They, don't tell me Baltimore was the best-looking team. Their quarterback is 2-4 and four in the playoffs. Average of 10.5 points per game in his four playoff losses. Lamar Jackson. That's who he is. So you beat that guy. Okay. You beat that guy who's choked in the first round as like a number one seed years back. So I don't really give you a lot of credit for that. I do think Baltimore was good all season. But when it comes playoff time and the team knows how to keep you in the pocket, a little bit less. Well, Steve Spagnuolo probably knows how to keep Brock Purdy in the pocket too. If you watch that game against Detroit, Purdy running the ball was where they had the success. Once he started running the ball in the second half, that changed everything. You got the momentum going, but it also changes the spacing for the defense. And where, now they need to pay attention for the quarterback. So coming into this game, Spagnuolo is going to do everything he can to put the outcome of the game on Brock Purdy's shoulders. We talked yesterday with my brother Dave about Debo Samuel running the ball. You know he's going to do end-arounds. Well, Detroit had that stuff schemed up pretty good. I remember one of the plays, he got stopped for like a four-yard loss. So, well, why can't KC's defense just do the exact same thing? Maybe Debo needs to take the ball and go between the tackles on some level. Send McCaffrey out wide. Change that with the, the spacing and just the flow. Give him a new look. I don't know if Debo's just going to run the ball on end-arounds. There's got to be some sort of trickery, though. There's so many different options over there in San Francisco. 
it just you don't want Purdy dropping back and passing the ball. Seems like he's just too short. I mean, unfortunately, how many passes were knocked down against Detroit at the line of scrimmage? Two or three or four? Well, that tells you he's having difficulty seeing. I mean, if those amount of passes would knock down, how many others almost would knock down? He just wasn't that effective. Except for throwing the ball off a guy's helmets and to get up in the air and San Fran receivers there to luckily catch it. We got one more segment here today on the Sports Machine with Slim, WKXL Radio, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM in Concord, 101.9 FM in Manchester, New Hampshire Talk Radio.com. It's a bright sunny day out there. you start your day out there for some reason I woke up singing a song and once the song gets in my head I just keep singing it and before long this morning my kids were singing it too I got five and seven year old kids in the house who apparently listen to me when I start singing songs so guess what song I, I woke up singing this this morning I, I love this song it's so catchy you know this one goes I woke up on the wrong side of the truck bed this morning. And I just kept singing it nonstop, walking around the house, and I started playing it on my phone, and both kids are singing it as as they leave the door to go to school. And I'm like, I wonder if they're going to be singing that in their classrooms today. It is so catchy. If you do not know this song, you really ought to check it out. Just Google that in. I woke up. Google that this morning. I woke up on the wrong side of the truck bed this morning. This, this man, he got thrown out of his house, so he had to sleep in his truck. And uh, it's a pretty cool little story, actually. <laughs> what did people think yesterday about the interview we did with State Senator Lou D'Alessandro? I know I like to joke around on the show here. The weekdays, 10 to 11, the sports machine was slim. But yesterday I talked to, with Senator D'Alessandro about a very serious topic, uh, gambling addiction. And we know I'm a huge fan of gambling. Love it. I want, I want the legalization. I think it's the right way for, for government to run things. But when people can't handle it and get out of control, as I know myself, I used to have a problem with gambling. Yeah, I, I think there needs to be more resources available. I am telling everybody there are not enough resources available to combat gambling addiction. And down the road, this country will be experiencing serious numbers of bankruptcies caused directly by gambling addiction. My brother Dave is on the phone line. I love when he comes in this week because we're talking about who to bet and what to bet for props during the Super Bowl this Sunday. Good morning, Slim. Yes, addictions are a terrible thing, although after listening to your show this morning, I'm not no, I don't know if what's worse, if it's gambling or if it's picking up one's nose. It sounds like something you should be afraid of at the very least. Not just like embarrassed to get caught doing it. In fact, you could be hurting yourself by doing this, so we need to investigate this further. Well, I'd really like to know, like, what if I stop right now? Does that limit or is the damage already done? <laughs> exactly. Right. Can things reset? <laughs> I have no so many questions to ask. We really need to get this Katie Wiseman person on the show. <laughs> exactly. Yes, I... Also, it is Hardy who sings truck bed, just in case any of your listeners are wondering. 
That is a fantastic song. I agree with you. Isn't it? The anger part. Do you Have you ever tried to sing it? You really have to scream it, and it's tough to then hit the next line after you hit that first one with the angry voice. <laughs> oh, yes. And, and when he's struggling to get up in the morning because it was such a late night and he hears the bird, <laughs> I, I really enjoy that. I really enjoyed that part of the song. I think that's very good. You got it. That's the anger call for him. So what what's what are we doing for this weekend here? I know you gave us a nice play yesterday, Debo Samuel over on the rushing yards. I think it was 16 and a half. Do you want to talk about more props today? We can talk props. I mean, I will say, you know, the more I start, I start looking at MVP-type wagers, which I think, you know, between, you know, this segment and maybe a little bit later on in the week, I don't know what kind of time it's going to be. I see a lot of people looking at, at Kansas City Chiefs players. But, uh, the one thing I will tell everybody is that the Kansas City Chiefs win this game. Patrick Mahomes is going to be the MVP. I don't care if he has zero pass yards. I don't care if he gets hurt in the first five minutes of the game and doesn't play. <laughs> He's going to be the MVP of the game. Don't bet your money on anybody else if you're going to play a, a, a prop bet on an MVP Kansas City player. You're not sniffing the Travis Kelsey connection with Taylor Swift, and that would be a reason why he might get that MVP award because Mahomes already has a couple? No scenario. So, you know, there's a, there is a, a, a story out there this morning. The NFL has never had a player in their first seven years win three championships and two MVPs. Now, each of the other major sports in the country have had those players in the NBA. It was Bird and Bill Russell, right? You know, so I, I can already see the narrative that's being drawn up there. They want this story. If Kansas City wins, that is they're 100%. They are going to give it to Kansas. It's going to go to Patrick Mahomes. And he would deserve it. He's the best player in football. It's not even a question. There's no doubt with the with the gauntlet that they ran this postseason to win the games that they did to go on the road when he hadn't done that before in the postseason. Hard to, hard to ignore. Hard to ignore that that guy should be the MVP. Like I said, even if he got hurt on the first play. So here for me, I'm saying San Francisco's going to win the game, Dave. There's no way I'm taking Brock Purdy to win MVP at plus 225. Christian McCaffrey, I think that's kind of a no-brainer. I know we are on different sides with this. He's plus 475. I just think the local connection where the kid went to Stanford, he got drafted by Carolina, he gets traded back to San Francisco, and I just feel like if he's going to win, it's going to be because of him. And so I would play Christian McCaffrey plus 475, but you just don't see any value there. I don't see the value. Listen, you know, as you break games down, you start looking and say, well, if you have, like, Brock Purdy winning the MVP, he's not a lock. He's Brock Purdy. (laughs) There's been a a narrative out there all year long about how the team is really built, you know, and and he's just a small piece, not the other way around. You know, so when you're looking for value in this game, I mean, maybe Brock Purdy wins it, but I just don't, I don't see that scenario. No But I don't see him spreading the ball around to IU, Samuel, and McCaffrey, where all three of those guys are maybe Kittle. I mean, they have some weapons over there. So does three different dudes score a touchdown? He throws the 275 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. Like I, I don't see that. I just don't see that playing out in this game. And if you had one receiver, like let's just say it's Ayuk caught seven balls for 110 yards and a touchdown, you think that, that he's going to get the award over Purdy if maybe Purdy throws for two, uh, two touchdowns and like 270 yards? Of course. I mean, if, we're, if you're breaking down stats and Purdy has no picks, 270 and two touchdowns, it depends on how he looks. Now, if you watch the two previous games against Green Bay and Detroit, San Fran won both of them. People can tell me how great Brock Purdy's stats were in those games, but if you watch the games, Brock Purdy was not the reason they won those games. He, he threw pick sixes that those other teams dropped. Right? So, 
So it's pretty hard to imagine a scenario where he goes out there in this game, doesn't have any of those plays, throws for the same kinds of stats you know, to like that, that you're talking about. Like, I just don't see that narrative. I don't see that playing out. So that's why I don't make that bet at 2-1. to one. No way. I love that Brock Purdy's plus 225 just because people always bet the quarterbacks because they think, you know, the, historically the quarterback gets the Super Bowl MVP award, but it provides great value on the other players. That's why I think Christian McCaffrey should be plus 225. So I see plus 475. I'm thrilled. But Debo Samuel coming in at 20-1, to one, that's probably a fun bet for somebody to make, Dave. If they just said, hey, I want to just bet 100 bucks or something like that and watch the game, you could pick up 2100 by putting your money on Debo, and he's going to be involved in the game plan. I guarantee this. He's going to be involved in the game plan. So if people really wanted a long shot, it's coming way out of left field. And I'll tell you, who I, I, I like San Fran. I think Greenlaw is a great play, a defensive player. He's going to be involved heavily and stopping the run. He's the kind of guy who's fast. He's going to keep Mahomes in the pocket. I can see him come up with a couple of sacks. But I don't think Kansas City scores, right? So if he all of a sudden, you know, you're looking for that big pick in the game, maybe cause a fumble. Like, I, I, I thought all year that he might be the most impactful defensive player on the field. And now you're going to go into this game and put him in a situation where I think he has the ability to thrive because I don't think that Patrick Mahomes' legs are going to be able to do much damage against him. I think he's a great long shot play, and you'll have some fun, especially if Kansas City only scores the 10 points that I think they're going to. What's your thought on how San Fran is going to guard Travis Kelsey? Is Greenlaw going to be matched up against him at all? Like They have to try to man-to-man the guy, don't they? I don't know if they will. Listen, I, I, think, I think San Fran is built to stop short passing. I think you attack San Fran down the field, which, again, Marcus Valdez-Scantling, like he's, a, he's not a bad play for a first score because there's a chance that he could get behind the defense. I just don't think he's going to come up with the ball. I think guy's had the drops his entire career. right? So Not, in, mean, the last, not those... in the last game, last play of last game, my <laughs> man. I'm telling you, he's feeling confident after that catch well, to secure the victory. I'll give it, I'm not going to say anything he made the catch, but I, historically... He hasn't had the greatest success rate with coming down with, you know, deep passes. And I think that's where, you know, even Detroit, I mean, down the field, they had third and 20, I think once or twice, you know, when they made it look easy early in that game. I mean, they were able to attack San Fran down the field. Kansas City, contrarily, had 30 completions last week. Patrick Mahomes only had 230 yards passed. I mean, he's averaging eight yards of completion. They like to try and run a very short, out-breaking routes, in-breaking routes, and I just think that's what San Fran's defense is designed to stop. So we'll see what happens in the game. But I, I don't think Kelsey, I don't think San Fran's going to have to worry. But I think they play a really tight zone most of the time, and they allow their linebackers to get out in space. So Casey probably did that, Dave, against Baltimore because they feared the Baltimore pass rush and they wanted to make quick passes, quick decisions for. Uh, Mahomes, so he's not holding on to the ball forever. With San Fran, do you think they dropped the same type of a, of a game plan from on the offensive side of things for Kansas City? Are we trying to, to hold the ball a little bit longer to attack San Fran deep, and does that expose him, maybe like you're talking about, to some sacks from Greenlaw or Bosa? There's no doubt Kansas City wants to have ball control. I mean, Kansas City's game plan going in is, hey, San Fran's a little bit vulnerable on the run, and I think, you know, you kind yeah. of saw that in the last two weeks. Like, you can run the ball against the San Fran defense. And Kansas City's had pretty good success running the football. So I think that in their world, hey, we want to possess the ball for 35-plus minutes. We want to try and have 30-plus runs in this game. We're going to try and take 30 to 35 seconds off the clock. I don't see there's any hurry up. You know, but, but that game plan only works 
if, like Baltimore, San Fran can't score. Right? If Baltimore was able to score and move the ball, well, then that, that game plan kind of changes for Kansas City, and I think it does in this game because I do think that Kansas, I think San Fran has enough weapons to move the ball against KC's defense. I heard a stat this morning. San Fran is the number one zone rushing offense in the NFL, and um, Kansas City has, I think, the 31st ranked zone rushing defense. I don't know what those numbers mean, honestly, though. <laughs> well, they sound good. Right? Sounds pretty intimidating. <laughs> That's. Yeah. Devin McCourty got mentioned that on EEI, and he said, well, it sounds like maybe you shouldn't even play the game then. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great. Yeah, that's, I mean, why do we even play the game? We already know the outcome. Well, but it does say that maybe San Francisco's strength is to hit on Kansas City's weakness, though. Listen, I, you have fast linebackers. Your, your team, I think, is built more on speed. We've talked about this for six weeks on this show. I, I love the quick speed ferocity of the, of the, the uh, linebackers in San Fran, and I think they're very, very capable of playing the way they need to play to win this week. Nice call, Dave. When you call up given plays that are 100 to win 20,000, Dre Greenlaw to win the MVP of Super Bowl. That's a pretty solid bet, somebody. You can bet $1 and uh, be cashing in big. This is the Sports Machine with Slim, and this is what we do here on WKXL Radio. 1450 AM, 103.9 FM in Concord, 101.9 FM in Manchester, nhtalkradio.com. We got the Celtics tonight. We are talking lots of Bruins tomorrow on the show. Have a good day.